0: Hello and welcome back to the Nutrition Rundown. My name is Jesse Rich, I'm an ultra runner and nutritionist. In this episode, I'd like to go over mitochondria. We know mitochondria has a plethora of benefits, but are there any downsides to having a lot of mitochondria? Mitochondria you may have heard of in your biology classes in college or high school, or you may have heard of mitochondria extensively as a runner, how to train appropriately, Or just learning about training in general, mitochondria is a big piece of aerobic training. Mitochondria is what we call the powerhouse of the cell. Essentially, most energy is produced from the mitochondria within the cell. You may have heard of the Krebs cycle, the electron transport chain. These processes happen within the mitochondria. With more ATP adenosine triphosphate produced, the more energy we have. So, it would make sense that the more mitochondria we have, the more energy we can produce. It's been shown in research that aerobic exercise can drastically increase the amount of mitochondria we have in our cells. Meaning, if we are running or working out in an aerobic state, not an anaerobic state, we can produce a lot of ATP because we're increasing the amount of mitochondria. Increasing the amount of mitochondria we have is one of the major reasons fitness improves. We can breathe easier, we're more resistant to fatigue, and we can go longer without having to stop. These are all benefits of having more mitochondria in our cells. Mitochondria has also been shown to help with insulin sensitivity. What that means is essentially that you can process carbohydrates in a more efficient way with more mitochondria. That makes sense, carbohydrates are a unit of energy, and with more mitochondria, we can process those carbohydrates more effectively. So the first issue with a lot of mitochondria is by producing a lot of ATP, there's a byproduct called reactive oxygen species or free radicals, you may have heard of these. Essentially, the process of making ATP isn't perfect, and it produces these oxygen species To imagine what oxidative stress is, or free radicals, we can look at a fruit. Fruit is out on a counter for a while, exposed to oxygen. Eventually, it will start to shrivel and mold and even disintegrate almost into nothing over time. This is oxidative stress, and this actually happens within our body. This is why you'll often see citric acid or vitamin C in a lot of foods that need to be preserved for longer periods of time. So, in packaging, In cans and things like that, they reduce the amount of oxidative stress happening in the food so they can have a longer shelf life. If these oxygen species, which do not have a paired electron and are searching for another electron, continue to bump and damage other cells, they damage those cells and can even kill healthy cells. Very damaging to the body if we don't keep it in in check. The second issue is. If you're exercising frequently and you're building more mitochondria and producing more energy, guess what? You're going to be burning more energy. So you have to eat more food to produce more energy. More energy means more oxidative stress. More oxidative stress means damage to neighboring cells. Neighboring cells getting damaged results in diseases and even death. This is where the flaw of mitochondria comes out. It can produce energy, but not in a perfect way. We see this in several different settings in our world. Power plants, fossil fuels, producing clean energy is very hard to do, especially within the body. So reactive oxygen species are one of the byproducts of ATP production. Reactive oxygen species are actually good for us in small doses. Without oxidative stress, we don't see cellular growth. We don't see progress in, in our capacity, in our muscles' capacity to repair for the next, next event. Oxidative stress is beneficial to a certain degree. To be clear, oxidative stress is not inflammation. However, oxidative stress can cause inflammation. Inflammation is um, immune response, whereas oxidative stress is not a direct immune response. Too much oxidative stress, however, can cause very serious problems. If we didn't have oxidative stress under control, we would die very quickly. Oxidative stress damages our DNA. It damages and kills other cells through apoptosis. Income antioxidants. Antioxidants, as they sound, quench oxidative stress. Antioxidants help with oxidative stress. They do this by donating an electron so that those reactive oxygen species can no longer be bumping against cells looking for that extra electron. The most popular antioxidant is vitamin C, of course, but you may not know that vitamin A, E, and even D are also antioxidant vitamins. Vitamin E has actually been shown to be the most potent of these vitamins as an antioxidant. Apart from vitamins alone, there are polyphenols in our food. These antioxidants in food can very much reduce oxidative stress. Several studies have been done showing that people who eat a plant-prominent diet have less oxidative stress in their body. This makes sense considering that plants actually have 64 times the amount of antioxidants than animals. And the antioxidant load within animals is coming from plants. But does it help with endurance and recovery? That's what I would love to see. I will say there have been extensive studies done on antioxidant supplementation, not via food, but through high-dose supplementation. Interestingly enough, there's very mixed results. Some show very potent effects of antioxidant supplementation and recovery, and others show no results at all. What I find interesting is isolating antioxidants may not benefit you as much as having antioxidants from whole foods. Why is that? We see that there's a very synergistic effect between different molecules in food and the antioxidants that help them absorb more efficiently. For example, vitamin C is better absorbed paired with iron, but you don't want to go out and just get an iron supplement and take it with vitamin C because if your iron stores are good enough, you shouldn't be adding iron onto what you already have in your body that can be toxic and very harmful to your health. These combinations help in absorption that isolated supplements may not be able to do. And like I mentioned before, if we take too many antioxidants, we're actually reducing the effect, the beneficial effect of having some oxidative stress. So overdoing it on the supplements can actually have a pro-oxidative effect rather than an antioxidative effect. So you don't want to overdo isolated supplements, and you may want to even consult with someone before pursuing that. We don't want all oxidative stress to go away. We want some. So what's a happy medium? To me, the obvious answer is to not use supplemental antioxidants and to use food as medicine. In my opinion, the risk of taking these supplements may not be worth it. Not only for this pro-oxidative potential, but also because vitamin A, E, and D are all fat-soluble, meaning that they can build up in your body and cause toxicity. Outside of food, we also have endogenous antioxidants like glutathione and CoQ10. How does that apply in our lives? What is the application here? Simply by eating antioxidant-rich foods, we can reduce the oxidative stress from our running. When we are running a lot and consistently, we're increasing mitochondria. Doesn't matter if you're high carb, doesn't matter if you're high fat, metabolism isn't perfect. So anything that you eat and metabolize is going to create some extent of oxidative stress. So the combination of exercising, increasing mitochondria, which again is a good thing, but as a negative, you're producing more oxidative stress. In a high calorie diet, which is producing oxidative stress, you need to counter that oxidative stress with antioxidants via hopefully plant foods. Antioxidants can be very beneficial, and adding some into your day is quite simple. Foods like berries and tomatoes and onions and garlic and even herbs like turmeric and oregano all have antioxidants. An easy way to remember if you're eating antioxidants through the day is are you eating a multitude of colors? Each different color of food has a different polyphenol associated with it. The number one by far highest antioxidant food is turmeric. Turmeric can be incorporated quite easily into your diet. Supplementation, they did realize there's this synergistic effect of pepper and turmeric that they are usually paired together in supplementation. So I don't want this to scare you. Aerobic exercise is very good for longevity in and of itself. But if we allow oxidative stress to overwhelm our body through a terrible diet, we may not be getting the results that we want through training. To get the best of both worlds, incorporate aerobic exercise into your daily life, increasing mitochondria, while also incorporating a plant-heavy diet that's high in antioxidants. Topics like these really get me thinking about how much exercise is too much. Is there an amount of running that is exceeding the benefits and actually causing us to die at an earlier age? This is a question that I think should be very prevalent in the ultra-running world. Running 100 miles at a time? Who knows? I have a hard time believing that's beneficial for our health, and especially with all the oxidative stress caused by these events. I'm not sure we can eat enough antioxidants or even supplement enough antioxidants, to balance out that amount of stress that we're putting on our bodies? It's an interesting question. I hope you've enjoyed this episode going over mitochondria and antioxidants. Until next time, eat smart, run fast.